All right, we're just getting right into it, and we're going to talk about 2023 recruiting themes. Taylor, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. How are you? Good. I like how you took a long sigh. Like, here we go. <laughs> this one, I'm like, this topic. I don't roll up your sleeves. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's hot as shit in here, even though it's freezing outside. But the, and this subject, I feel like, is one that people. It's it's 2023 recruiting themes, but it's also themes that. Don't e everyone needs to hear this regardless of industry because obviously every company does hiring. So this affects all of us. So I think it's really, really good that we just go right into talk talking about what is it we're seeing because we are in recruiting. We are the people yeah, that are seeing the thick of it. Welcome to Talent Takeover Unfiltered. When it comes to working hard and keeping it real, we know our shit. Self-care, happiness, inner peace, and time. I'm Brianna Rooney, and this is Taylor Bradley. Hey, y'all. And we have thrived in chaos and turned it into an art form. So, Taylor, what are we doing here today? We're here to give you a raw, under-the-hood view of all things recruiting and finally give credit where credit is due to a long, underrated industry that's full of, quote-unquote, experts. All right. Well, then let's take this show to the road. Yeah, we're in the thick of it. We're not only experiencing it ourselves, um, we know a lot of people that are impacted, but also we're the ones that see this firsthand because this is what we do for a living. So um, and, and doing some research about this just to try to stay, you know, abreast for myself on like, okay, what are the themes that we're going to be seeing? What's going on in the industry? Gardner actually has a lot of really good data. Um, they just have a lot of really good data in general, but they have a lot of really good data out there about HR trends and recruiting themes for 2023. And one of the ones that I know we're personally seeing is contract work. Contract work is going to be huge in 2023. It's already huge in 2023. And what I think is so interesting about contract work and just know, I want to put this disclaimer out there to our listeners. This is not my personal belief, but this is the belief that I feel that people based on being in recruiting my entire career people have or had about contractors is that there was kind of a black stain on their resume or their background um, versus a full-time person. So when looking at their resume, it used to be a negative thing. If somebody had done contract work, it was like the perception was that they're job hoppy. So I think it's really interesting that the shift that we're seeing is that most of these companies, even ones, unfortunately, who are doing layoffs, are still hiring contract workers. And it's, I think the theme used to be that it was like a certain type of position or certain level of position was contract workers. We're seeing it all the way up to executives now. We even have clients that yeah. leverage executives, um, executive contractors. So I know I've monologued really quick and I can continue <laughs> to go if you'd like me to. Go, 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 go. <laughs> no, no, this is good. I mean, uh, for sure, being in, in, in tech recruiting, um, in I would put it. And sorry, in recruiting, <laughs> um, I I would actually have people say absolutely no contractors, hundred yeah. percent, because what they wanted is they wanted someone to see their their project all the way through from start to finish, and sometimes that can take years depending on what they're trying to solve. So they didn't want someone just to leave. Um, they didn't want to give them all of this amazing training and setup, and and then oh my god, now now they're not here anymore. Uh, but I think it's what. COVID did, it showed, okay, wow, here's all the layoffs that happened. So now we have to, instead of recruiters making sure we're looking for people only with a year plus at their current company, we had to take into effect of what COVID did. And mm -hmm. now here we are, you know, a couple few years later and we're doing the same thing because there's so many layoffs. 
where it's like, okay, you can't blame someone for a layoff. That wasn't based off of performance, not what they wanted to happen. So now we have people taking their career into their own hands and saying, I'm going to contract actually. Like I know exactly how long my contract is. Sometimes you don't like, sometimes you hope that it goes longer, but they're like, this is what I'm signing up for and I'm okay with it. But think about this. I'm about to give you chills with this one. So like, Um, you know how COVID, cause I agree with every, everything you're saying, but you know how COVID kind of changed everyone's perspective on remote work and yeah. now it's this theme and it's like, it's, it's not a negative thing that you work from home and work out of your room or a closet all day long or whatever it is. I think that now that is like the, the remote work contract is going to replace that. Like, because of what we're see- experiencing right mm-hmm. now, it's going to become the new, what remote work was, which was used to be this gr- like, Oh, nasty thing, this big old stain. People didn't do it. If you found a job that let you work remote, it was like a unicorn job. Yeah, you um, never leave it. Yeah. Yes. And I think that that's what's going to happen is that it's contract work is now going to become the new working remote. It's the new acceptable thing. It's not going to be a black stain on your resume because the companies are the ones driving wanting to bring on more contractors. It's their choice. So it's kind of like we're reframing everyone's perception of what a contractor means on someone's resume, whereas it used to be a negative thing. And again, that's not, it's not my personal belief. It's just, it is what it is. We've had clients say it. I think we're going to get to this place where it's like, it's going to become the new normal. I think we're slowly starting to get there where that's becoming the new normal. And you may see people that have a really solid resume for 10 years and then a ton of contract work. Um, I was reading a lot about it and it was talking about, think about the characteristics and, um, contributions that a contract worker makes think about and this article was talking about executive contract workers specifically but it was like their ability to shift and switch from managing this project to that project within this company or this industry to this one is fucking incredible you know it's not a negative that's a good point yeah yeah 100 it gave me chills saying it when you started talking about contracting i was immediately thinking of you know all the people that are near and dear to us uh, recruiters that are out of work because of layoffs and my immediate thing was great. Like you have a good stipend, or, uh, stipend. <laughs> uh, severance, you have a good severance, start, be a freelance recruiter. Like there's so many great things out there, which is also another reason why the millionaire recruiter um, program, where we teach you how to start your own agency. This is a great time to do that because they are letting our, all their internals go. And naturally they're not going to stop hiring forever, you know, and they're going to be yeah. more strategic and they'll have to backfill as well. So naturally they're going to start using more external recruiters, you know, and then I think about all that, all the contracting, because technically contingency, that's kind of what you do, right? Like yeah. you're technically a contractor for so many different clients. It's just, you know, it's just a little bit different. Yeah. yeah. I love it. I'm into it. I'm into it too. I think that that one, that, and then it's like, goes with the whole theme that I know everybody that listens has probably read about. Cause it's kind of like, there was the great resignation and there's all these themes that we see, right? This is like the quiet hiring theme, you know, it goes along with this where please please talk to me about this. Yeah. yeah, So it's where organizations acquire new skills without actually hiring new full-time employees or they're bringing on these contract workers. So it's like, it can look a couple different ways and the definition of it had like three different things, but it's basically like, you know, quiet hiring where maybe you're, if you are facing layoffs, for example, um, of a specific team, reevaluating those employees. So going back to transferable skills and seeing where else in the organization they could be hired. So quiet hiring, although we're having massive layoffs, you know, we're still hiring people, maybe internals, maybe, you know, from moving role to role or maybe externals, maybe contractors, there still is hiring going on in some of these places that are having massive layoffs. 
But that right. kind of gives you an overview of what it looks like. It can be, you know, internal, short-term contractors, um, and it can be, you know, even like upskilling people into like a promotion and, and putting them in a role that maybe didn't previously exist, but you upskilled them. So you created a role for them. Quiet hiring. Nice. Okay. So I keep seeing this show up in my inbox. I'm like, quiet hiring. I also think I'm kind of just tired of the quiet firing, the craziness, great resignation. You're tired of being fucking quiet. I, I, I know. I'm like, what is this? <laughs> I hate being quiet. Um, yeah. So I'm super happy they actually brought that up because honestly, I didn't know a lot about it. And so I love that. Okay. It also means, you know, um, bringing people up and upscaling because that's just so important. I was wondering if it was just contractors. No. And then one of the other things that I thought was interesting, a recruiting or, uh, you know, a theme, not necessarily recruiting, but definitely a theme to see. I think this one's really powerful, not knocking anybody, Gen Z. I need to put this disclaimer, but it was <laughs> saying, because, you know, we have gone to this working remote, right. And there's a lot that comes with being in person and being around people and the skills that you develop through that. And so it did, um, and Gardner has the data on it. And I forgot what it says. I'll have to go back and reference that. But it's it had a, it did a poll and it had a percentage of um, Gen Z people. And I want to say it was like 58%, but don't quote me on that, felt like they were not equipped to enter the workforce because, um, or, or really maintain in this type of workforce because they were lacking negotiating, networking, and speaking confidently in front of crowd skills. Speaking in front of crowds, hundred percent communication. Oh, sorry, yeah. go, go, go. No, there's more, just, and you're gonna. And then okay. I want to hear everything you have to say. But okay. uh, this one I thought was cool. Um, not cool, but like interesting. So therefore, cool in my head. Developing the social stamina and attentiveness required to work long hours, and even in an in-person environment. Social stamina. Yeah. Wow, that is interesting. That That's is really interesting. definitely not a phrase you hear very often at all. I don't even know if I've ever heard it, to be honest with you, but that is so true. So lots of times we, you know, because we are in recruiting and it's a people business, right? And so you're constantly talking to people, you're constantly at meetings, you're constantly like, you know, all these things. But um, when I get home, I'm like, I need to get out of social because I'm like, I can't do any more social. I didn't realize social stamina, but I mean, we do it eight hours a day, right? Um, but that is so interesting, being out of office and not having that those skills. Oh my God. I didn't think about that. The social stamina. I think back on jobs that I've had where I've, you know, when I had to go into an office every day and I'm like, sometimes I used to sit there in my car in the parking garage and be like, all right, let's fucking go. You know, like, because <laughs> yeah. it may have been a day that you just don't want to talk that much or interact that much or, but it's like, it doesn't matter. I've got to be on because this is my job. And so, you know, having that social stamina and attentiveness required to work long hours. And that was interesting. And that kind of sounds like we're saying, okay, you need to sit there and you need to be at your desk. You need to work these god awful long hours. But the reality is, is that's what, especially in startup life, like that's what's required. And so being able to sit there and actually do that when your whole, you know, thus far, all you've had to do is take a couple college classes and here or there that are not like you're not sitting in college eight hours a day or at the college right. I went into. You're not sitting there. I don't know about if you're getting your doctorate or I'm not knocking that. You know, that's probably way more intense than, you know, I was at the pool drinking beer after at 9 a.m. <laughs> after class, you know. So it was like I definitely think that if you just – if we think about new grads and that's the only experience they have and they're entered into this world where you're constantly in front of screens and scrolling and it's like, no, you need to be in front of this screen working. And that's why I think a lot of companies have gotten so big with the whole video 
you know, being yeah. on video, like you have to have your camera on. It's like their kind of way of keeping tabs. That's a negative connotation with that, like keeping tabs on people, but also because you can't be in person, it's a great way to interact with people too. So it's like, it serves multiple purposes in my mind. Right. Um, right. But, and both of them contribute to the overall health of the organization, but an employee perspective maybe could view one as negative and one as more positive. Yeah. Well, I think, I mean, I, I got triggered by keeping tabs on people. Cause I remember again, like we weren't set up to be remote, <laughs> Yeah. but it's like, it's because there's so many people that just clock in, clock out and kind of want to disappear. It yeah. is like, you have to keep tabs on people, which is so silly. It's only like a certain amount of people that ruin it for everybody else. We talk about that. I think just a lot in general, but, um, but when we weren't set up, everyone's camera was off. It's like, um, cute. I know that you haven't showered yet and you're in your, your bed on your laptop, but turn your, turn your camera on. Like, that's ridiculous. I showed up today. You showed yeah. up today. And yeah. that's kind of what that, the, the video is. And I won't talk about what company cause I'll get in trouble, but, um, there was a company recently who I know <laughs> that, uh, had this massive meeting and it was the CEO addressing everyone. And it was a staggering amount of over, I believe 800 people didn't show up to this meeting, which was like the state of the union kind of meeting. Sure. And he lost it. And I don't blame him. Like if I, if I'm thinking about layoffs, cause that's what the whole, the whole meeting yeah. was kind of about on where we're going, those 800 people that didn't show up is exactly who I'm getting rid of. I don't, I don't care. Like, like that's it. You didn't, you can't show up like how rude, sorry, I'm going on a tangent, but it's like how rude, you know, that you can't show up. Yeah. Well, and then I think the craziest part about that is that you don't feel like the sense of obligation to show up. It doesn't, right. I think uh, taking it a step back, like it, who gives a shit if you showered that day or not? Like that's not, your job is to show up and do your job. And part of it is to actually show up. And what does that look like when you weren't remote is it's be on camera. And I, I, we could go on and on about yeah. like what you need to look like on camera. <laughs> yeah. I have different thoughts about that that may differ from yours on like, I think people just need to show up and they need to do their job. And I think being on camera now is very much the new normal and part of it. And also like, I can't stand when I'm sitting there, whether it's internally, which doesn't happen because we're so big on camera, but it has in my previous work experience, or you're talking to a potential client or whoever, and you've got your camera on and they don't. Oh, I immediately, I ask them now. Um, and I'm like, Hey, are we doing cameras or not cameras? Because like, I, I'm not going to do that. Like, it's just, it's also just weird. And weird. Um, I know we were on a, a trading call for the millionaire recruiter program thing and someone didn't have their camera on. And normally I like, I like just, no, like it needs to be on, but because we were doing more of a, a training on it, it's like, I wanted to also see you and Katie on it, you know? So like, I let that go, but normally I'm like, I'm off. Like, yeah. <laughs> okay. But that just also talks about like how you have to kind of mimic behavior of whether or not it's a client or a candidate or whatever you're doing. But yeah, it's, it's, I don't know. It's like, you have to be a chameleon even with video. Well, and I think too, it goes back to like, the new speaking in front of crowds is speaking in front of a zoom meeting or a Google meeting with a bunch of those little Brady bunch boxes. You know, that is the new speaking in front of crowds for people. So it's like, think about how just sheltered and like closed off you feel when your camera isn't on, even though you're like, I mean, I can't even do that at this point because if my camera's not on, I will forget I'm in the meeting. You know, if like, 
I have to be engaged in, in it, which is kind of crazy because I haven't always been that way. But um, because of the one of the places I previously worked, we always worked remote. That was even pre-COVID. And yeah. so we were on video calls, but nobody was required to be on video. And more often than not, people weren't on video. That's just how we communicated with each other, just the same as picking up the phone. Right. But it was because we were always remote. And then I'm sure that there's been a shift in that based on like now everybody's remote and you got to show up differently and be actually it'd be interesting to, to see if there is a difference there with that previous company, if they now made everybody turn their cameras on, because it's like, you mm. do have to be, that's the new in person. Yeah. That's so interesting. God, this is like a whole episode. So let's keep going. <laughs> Cause I'm, I'm going to keep tangenting. <laughs> well, and um, the other thing, which I thought, you know, okay, we've kind of been seeing this when we talk about upskilling and all of that. So organizations need to become more comfortable with assessing candidates solely on their ability to perform in their role, not on prior credentials and experience. Mm. So where are the soft skills in that though? And this one? Is that, is that, yeah. Like, are we, are we not, are they not even talking about that? It's just more of like, can you, can you do your, do the job I'm hiring you for? Yeah. This one is more yeah. like, stop just saying somebody's not qualified. I, I think all of this is really just like with the exception of the softs or the, the negotiating networking, that one that we talked about. I think all yeah. of these things are basically like people need to broaden their horizons because the old way of doing shit is dead and we've got to evolve with a new way of doing things, which is just because somebody on paper may not have done this exact same job. You need to be more comfortable assessing, you know, their ability to perform that role, which in my mind could include those soft skills like a salesperson. Yeah. Maybe you've never done sales before, but you do have those soft skills. So I'm assessing you on your ability to perform in that role versus if you've ever actually done that role or had, you know, that, that experience before. Yeah. So do you think the trend is going to then be for lots of companies to use kind of outside sources on how you assess people? Um, like, you know, I, I think of, of, of in tech, but like they do lots of coding challenges. So that's really mm -hmm. normal. But do you think then we're going to see a lot of companies like assess your sales skills, assess your, you know, how you, how you navigate in, I don't know, I'm going to say just Google drive, yeah. <laughs> you know, something easy, right? Like, Ooh. do you think we'll start seeing that? I don't know if it's like how you navigate in Google drive. Cause I think there is a certain level of, of requirements that still come with every role. Like this role, you know, we may not require X, Y, Z, but then you still can have some requirements. Like they may get a little bit more flexible on, yeah. you know, social media, I think is a great, great, like marketing social media. I think that's a great example of where, you know, there's a lot of this, these younger generations that they know social media inside and out, like the back of their hand, but they don't have a resume that says that and reflects that, but they could do it in their sleep. Got it. And so I think then, yeah, maybe that's where it's like, okay, we might need to assess you on some of the more if there's a specific software or something like that, that they use internally, I don't know. I think it's going to differ for each company. I think we've been seeing assessments, I think for yep. certain roles, I think we're going to continue to see assessments. Um, but I, I think what'll be interesting for me is to see how these Gen Z people, um, operate. If there is an assessment that kind of assesses assessment that assesses negotiating, networking, that exactly what we're talking about, those soft skills that people are lacking that are very much like a requirement in the workplace at this point. Yeah, that's so interesting. And if we could do that at the same time that they're sending their resume, almost like kind of be their it's the cover their cover letter, uh -huh. that would be really interesting because then it would cut back on people applying up the wazoo. Because you know, uh, love and hate LinkedIn, um, they make it so easy for you to apply. 
Yeah. And you know, they, you can set things upwards. So they're like, think, well, now that's then sending us into, now I have a thousand resumes to go through instead of a hundred. And so, you know, it keeps, it's just getting really spammy. I think everything is so accessible, which is, which is what's making it spammy. But, um, yeah, we definitely need something to stop people from applying just willy nilly and thoughtless because well, it hurts I mean companies. You're totally right. It does. And there are those companies that I think take it a step further and they do require like a video application ah. or something like that, you know? So I think there are ways that, um, that people can assess those skills. And then there are ways that people can even put those skills forward or highlight those skills without it even being required these days. Cause you know, you yeah. can upload that stuff. Um, I don't, I'm not sure, you know, I've seen it in like marketing roles, but I'm not sure if every role you could upload um, a video of yourself. It might, I don't know the tech side of it, but I don't know if you could do that everywhere. However, I know there are some roles where they would like you to do a video. They do want to assess that because if you're going to be in front of people or talking or responsible for X, you need to know how to do X, you know? Yeah. So I think, I think it's totally something we're seeing now lightly. I think if LinkedIn could do that in all companies, applicant tracking systems could accept yeah. videos, they probably would be doing it already. Um, but definitely, I mean, if you think about what's required, every inter or every job for the most part um, used to require in-person interviews. Yeah. And so the fact that people aren't even having to leave their house, I think it's fully fair for people to companies to add different layers to assess skills because there's so much that comes with meeting a person in person. Hundred and fifty percent. Yes, hundred percent. So I yeah. think that that'll I mean, be what an interesting trend. It is. These are all yeah. really interesting trends to me. They all are like, okay, this is like, I'd rather see this kind of stuff than like the great resignations and that. I mean, talk about yeah. like, yeah. that just Don't is. Don't even talk to me about that. I won't. Okay. <laughs> so where I'm going with this broke to boss tip um, sounds pretty basic, but again, given everything we've talked about, change your perspective and don't snub contract work, especially in this current market. Don't think it's going to be a black stain on your resume the ways of the world are changing. It's not basically don't sleep on contract work. Don't sleep on it. Don't snub it. It is the way in which 2023 and beyond are probably going. It's becoming more acceptable. It is not a negative thing to put it on your resume. So if you are currently seeking employment, don't worry about what it's going to look like to have contract work on your resume. I think those days are, are dying. And I'm actually really happy about that. I think this is a positive, that one specifically for the broke to boss tip is a very positive recruiting trend that I think we're going to see in 2023 and moving forward. Love it. I mean, in theory, it's it's a way that you can, you know, hone in on skills very quickly. Right. And like kind of like putting everything in your in your toolbox. I didn't really think of it like that. I like it. You have opened my mind to this recruiting trend. So thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> thank you guys so much for listening. Nice. All right. So remember, we'll see you every Tuesday. And we you can also check us out live on the Millionaire Recruiter YouTube. So definitely do that as well. And uh, I've been loving some of the, the um, comments. It's always really yes. fun to just interact and, and hear from you all. So thank you for that. See you next yeah. Tuesday. Thanks, y'all.